Inspiring stories, practical applications. Doing ministry well. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash doingministrywell. All right. Thank you, everyone, for checking into another episode of Doing Ministry Well. I'm Jim Baker, your host, and uh, we're still here with another living room session in Manoa Valley. The uh, sun is just coming out. Had a little bit of rain this morning, but it is another beautiful day here on the island of Oahu. And uh, today we are joined by Mark Parsons. Mark, thanks so much for being on the show. Glad to be here. Um, Mark, I just met you real recently, but I've seen your photo a lot here floating around YWAM Honolulu's uh, YWAM base. But uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about what you're doing right now. Uh, We're in Thailand. Uh, We've been there seven years. And um, we were in China for four years before that. So one thing um, is we work with university students, mostly in, in China, and so still go back and forth quite a bit. Um, in the city that we're in, in China, there's about 15 million people wow. and about 1.2 million university students. So when you go out, the university students are just everywhere. Yeah. And they're all... Um, they're all really looking for a friend, maybe a foreigner friend is, is sometimes good too. They, uh-huh. they speak uh, good English, sometimes better English than, than over here in North America. <laughs> <laughs> Proper English, huh? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Now in Thailand, we took in uh, three Thai boys as, yeah. as babies. We were going to do a small children's home. But we felt afterwards the Lord wanted us to to raise them um, without a whole bunch of uh, bringing um, hired workers in and stuff like that to do it because they, they need, really needed a father, mm-hmm. they really needed a mother, and um, that way they really can be more secure mm-hmm. than that. So they were all about one week old, and now they're six, five, and three years old. Wow. So they take up a lot of our time in Thailand. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure. Um, Yeah, tell me a little bit about the process of getting to Thailand. Uh, Where did you, you didn't grow up in Thailand, I assume? Nope. We're from Canada. Okay. Around the Toronto area. Back in 2003, actually I had been to Hawaii a a few times. And in, I think, January 2003, I had a dream. And the dream was I flew to, to Hawaii, got on another plane, and flew to China. Hmm. And I'm walking around what I thought was China in my dream, but it was more like a mall. And there was Chinese people everywhere. But I seemed to know that I was, that I was in China. I had forgotten about that dream until uh, we got here in the summer of, of 2003. Okay. And... Um, Mission built for a while here on base, mm-hmm. and we had pastored in Canada, but we knew that God was was taking us somewhere. We really weren't sure, except China was now somewhere in, maybe in the picture. Mm-hmm. And um, I did my DTS here in two thousand four, okay. the discipleship training mm-hmm. uh, school, and first our. Outreach was going to be Thailand, but then it got changed to China. Hmm. And so I really felt 
okay, then maybe the, there's something in this. <laughs> Got to China, um, and I knew that's that's where we were supposed to be. Um, yeah, it was it wasn't too difficult, uh, uh, kind of, to know that that's where we would be in that because. Um, wherever you know that you that, that God wants you to be you, you know it's right mm -hmm. and uh, you know you're going to be safe and I knew I was safer in China <laughs> being where God wanted me to be mm -hmm. than, than just being back in North America where yeah. it, you know you think it, that would be the safest place yeah yeah let's back up to um, yeah uh, you, have a, you have a family so you came here to do your disciple training school the mission build even which is fully volunteering How, what was that process like because you moved your family out here at that time yes we have one natural son okay and he was about seven um but we we didn't know that that we would be with ywam when we came mm -hmm. because we felt that we you know we had trained um with our um with the church that we were with, mm -hmm. which is the Salvation Army, mm -hmm. and we were ordained, and so we thought we were kind of really prepared for things. Mm -hmm. So we, we sold our house and arrived here thinking, okay, God, just lead us to where we should be. And we actually didn't know where to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we found out through somebody that, that, that YWAM would probably be a good place to begin and I had read uh, Lauren Cunningham's book is that really you God and we had stayed on a YWAM base in Hurlach Germany maybe about 10 years before okay. and a lot of people in our church in, in Toronto had, had, had been with YWAM and that so we, we it wasn't that it was unfamiliar to us we had just never really thought about it and so we we, we asked if they needed any help here and they said they sure do. Yep. Always <laughs> needs on wild faces. <laughs> and uh, so I started off doing um, uh, some yard work because I actually really like gardening. And it, it's really, um, yeah, something that, that kind of helps relax me and I enjoy doing it. And, and then afterwards they found out I, I had accounting experience. So I ended up in accounting. <laughs> nice. Which yeah, it was it was it was it was nice a nice time. And um, I had another dream while I was here. Uh, I'm starting to find it a little bit difficult. There's a lot of students here. There's a lot of young people. I'm I'm already in my thirties at that time, and um, yeah. Kind of, kind of felt like, okay, God, what are you doing to me? What, what are you doing? What? And and in my dream, I had, I was walking on this uh, stone kind of gravel uh, walkway. That's here between two buildings. But I was walking on my knees, mm -hmm. and in my dream, I literally felt the the pain, uh, just going on my knees, and I woke up, and right away I heard God say to you that uh, say to me that he wanted to humble me he wanted to take me um, to a place uh, in, in my heart that I would be ready to go anywhere no matter how painful mm -hmm. that was 
and that sort of turned everything around for me. It, it really changed my perspective that that getting me that God getting me to a, um, a place in the world that's difficult, I needed to be trained. Mm. I needed my heart to be trained. Um, I, I needed to go, uh, yeah, a different way. I needed to go God's way, <laughs> which is a way of shaping and reshaping. And so it, it just made everything beautiful. Um, Gladys Aylward had a, uh, uh, served a missionary that had been in China for many years. And the missionary said to her, this is a really tough life. But years later, you'll look back and it'll only seem beautiful. And that's what it does. For me now, I, whenever I come back here to YWAM, Honolulu, which is why I'm walking now. It's it's so beautiful, hmm. and the memories I had here was was just awesome, life changing. Yeah, and I almost want to relive it all over again every time I come. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the process of um, you you did your discipleship training school here, then you went to China on your outreach, and then how did you end up in China long term, and then now Thailand? What was that process? We have, uh, we have a friend in China who has a coffee shop. I won't go into any yeah. names or anything like that. And, and in the coffee shop, the students come from the different universities. They want to practice their English. And um, there, there's a lot of foreigners that, that either teaching or maybe volunteering in something there that, that the, the owner of the coffee shop brings in to talk to the students. And let's see now, <clears throat> we got to meet uh, a, a whole bunch of different students, sometimes about 100 students uh, at night would come. Oh, wow. Yeah, and we would uh, get to know them. Uh, we would invite them back to our house, do some meals for them, have, have play some games. I actually played a lot of Uno nice. in those days. <laughs> a lot of Uno. <laughs> and, yeah, it was just a, a beautiful time. A lot of our friends were, were, were Chinese. Uh, they're beautiful people. Very um, friendly deep down. You know, first, sometimes people think when they, when they meet Chinese, well, they're maybe a little hard or, or something like that. But once you get to know them, you find they're they're so hospitable, they're mm. they're so loving, and when you make a friend with them, they consider you their friend for life. Mm. And so it was a, a beautiful time, and we just kind of thought, wow, we could just see this going on, and we're we're ready to stay here in China, mm. you know, even if it if it was the rest of our lives, mm -hmm. we, we were okay with that. We. We just we just lost the 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 people, the food, everything. Uh, um, oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we we sort of loved everything about China. Sure, China had its negative things, and we tried not to concentrate on the uh, on the negative things, which 
kind of don't mean anything at all. And um, so, what was the defining moment? So you were there on your your outreach, which was just two months. Yeah. Was there a specific time where you just knew that this is where we're going? This is what we're doing. I think for myself, I kind of I kind of knew that something was up with going to China mm-hmm. um, on our outreach kind of coinciding with my dream my wife didn't have that dream at all and we can't push wives in, into doing what we felt what we feel God was is uh, wanting us to do so in a sense we were we were still kind of prepared and after the outreach we would come back and go on staff mm-hmm. here at, at the YWAM base and uh, during the summer, the two months time period that we're there, it just seemed like, yeah, God, I know I should be here. Hmm. <laughs> it, it's, it has to be in your timing, God. Only, only you know. And, and, and I, don't, I only want to follow your plan. I don't want to do my own thing because if you do your own thing trying to get to where you know God wants you to be, boy, it's, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And so it was kind of kind of going um, towards the end of our time there, and my wife still really wasn't picking up in anything that that's where she would be. Mm-hmm. And some teachers invited us out to a village, and can't say a lot about the village, um, but they they had come to do a, an English. Um, they were English teachers, but they had come to do an English sort of helping training program that um, another group was putting on who had come in from North America and and during that one week my wife met the teachers and they invited us out to their village mm-hmm. and when I say village it was about 60,000 people oh wow <laughs> <laughs> because their villages are not small right right and so we went out there and maybe that was probably the roughest week uh, that summer it was hot in August and in China in August it's not just hot it's hot <laughs> uh, the bathrooms were bad everything just kind of seemed to be oh boy yeah this if if God's gonna speak uh, to my wife at all it just doesn't seem possible <laughs> that it, it could happen that week yeah, not in those circumstances <laughs> no but after we came back uh, uh, to the city from the village, my wife said, God spoke to me, and it, and it was through that village, mm. and I know that we're supposed to move back wow. to China, and I couldn't believe it, <laughs> like, that was the place, <laughs> but that's what God does, um, you know, sometimes we experience things pretty good mm-hmm. in life, and like, oh boy, you know, we just, in ourself, uh, we just we kind of like to have things comfortable, and I guess there are seasons for that. But God wants to just sometimes just break us out of that comfort mm. level into where it's really hard, and you kind of gotta survive <laughs> in that time period, and that that sort of just changed everything for us. We, we, we finished off that summer. We came back here to, to YWAM knowing 
that China was where God wanted us to be. And we packed up, said our goodbyes, and we headed back to China. Um, we didn't know if that would, you know, we would ever see North America again. Right. <laughs> we were like, okay, we're, we're going. We're wow. going for the long haul, the yeah. long term. And, and that was okay. Yeah. We, had, we had a peace in our hearts about it. There's a, there was a wave of people, and you were part of that wave, uh, of people that just decided we're going long term. Um, I don't see a whole lot of that anymore. Uh, it seems like people are like, well, we'll go test the waters. We'll, you know, maybe we'll commit to two years. Uh, what, do you, what do you think that's about? Hmm. One thing about the base, the YWAM base here is mm-hmm. they really... Um, it really began as a pioneering kind of base, like where you know, go where God wants you to go, mm-hmm. and 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 just yeah, there may not be another mission group there, there might not be a YWAM base there, but but go and do what God wants you to do, and that's how I think this this base kind of got started and maybe kind of a anointing if you could call it that mm-hmm. was on it, and and we had heard testimony after testimony of those who had gone yeah. and were out 10, 20, 30 years. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was, that was real to us. Um, those, those people, even though we, we, we hadn't met them at all, they were, were real to us right. as, if, as if we knew them. And it, it seemed as though that's what we knew God want, wanted uh, wanted for us and wanted for others to do was mm-hmm. just just be prepared just go yeah that's the great commission mm-hmm. just just go go where God wants you to be um, even if it is kind of at the edge of the world right. <laughs> yeah um, Mark what would you say has been the biggest highlight in all of your time in ministry is there one specific story that really jumps out at you? Well, I'm, I'm here with my son, mm-hmm. <laughs> who's uh, in missions himself. One story that jumps out in my mind is, is just kind of between, in our family, after our first year in China, we, we, we did have our kind of ups and downs because it was, it was difficult. Um, there are days where you kind of think, oh boy, uh, I'm ready to pack up and go back home. And and that's what happened one day. It, and my wife was feeling the same thing, but it was probably something spiritual <laughs> that was going on. Yeah. That that the enemy, the devil didn't want us there and and was probably it was doing a pretty good job at convincing us to get out of here. You don't you don't belong here. And so my wife and I said to our son that yeah, we're we're leaving. We're mm. we're going back uh, wherever home is, and he said to us, "Well, this is where God wants us to be. Mm-hmm. That if 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 we're we know where God wants us to be and we're here, then we're not leaving." <laughs> I don't know if he was about eight or nine years old, and my mouth was kind of open <laughs> to say something back to him. <laughs> 
and I couldn't shut my mouth. <laughs> and uh, I, I love to talk, and, and that's a hard thing for me to do is, is, to, is to shut yeah, my mouth. Anyways, but my mouth was open, but I couldn't get another word in. And I knew he was right. My, my wife knew he was right. We were kind of in the, in the flesh, <laughs> thinking more about self and, and, and all of that and whatever frustrations and whatever spiritual warfare was going on. None of that seemed to matter anymore. It was like, wow, thank you, God. Thank you. I would give my, I would give my right arm. <laughs> uh, yeah, just to, <laughs> just to have, you know, just to have this keep happening. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was a beautiful moment. And, and we stayed. Yeah. And we stayed. That's awesome. Yeah, on the flip side of that, what would you say has been the, the biggest struggle in ministry and how have you overcome it? Hmm. Here and there, um, when it would also come to our mind that we came from Canada and, and just the uh, odd thing of, uh, not odd thing, but you get the picture of family back home and you sort of see them sad crying, <laughs> missing you. Uh, there was one <clears throat> period my wife was, was in China and Thailand for six years before she had got back to visit family. It oh, just wow. got busy. We got the boys. Yeah. They couldn't leave Thailand. And so <clears throat> we were um, wanting to, to, to get back and um, and, and, and see the family, um, but yet we just we just didn't want to to leave. We we kind of couldn't leave, and so yeah, that can be hard. That can be hard. Looking and thinking back, well, that's my home. Right. That's my home. But again, wherever God puts you. That is your home. That's your home. That's another thing that happened to us at one time. We were, we had, early on in China, we had all gotten homesick for Canada, for the blueberries in the summertime, for the, the ice and the winter sports in the winter. And it was like, oh boy, next time we go back home, we're going to do this. And next time we go back home, we're going to do that. And God spoke to us. And said, that's not your home. Um, wherever you are, wherever you're supposed to be, that's your home. And ultimately, heaven is our home. You know, we're, we, we may have Canadian passports and be citizens of, of Canada, but we're citizens of, of, of heaven. And, and we're, we're, on, we're on a journey to get there. <laughs> we don't know when we're going to get there, but we may be like Abraham and, and pass through this place or that country or, uh, 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 until we get there. Um, yeah, it's a long, hard route. Sometimes it's, it's wonderful. Sometimes it's, it's very difficult when you don't have all those comforts and conveniences. And boy, there were times in, in China that we just so long <laughs> for some of those comforts. And, and conveniences and uh, and even China today has changed like it's 
the, the some of the <clears throat> cities have really modernized. Mm-hmm. You've got your Starbucks, McDonald's on every corner. <laughs> Can you share with us a story about some of those uh, inconveniences on just those days that you were longing for some Canadian conveniences? Is there something that, like, one specific day that, that really jumps in your mind if this was the most inconvenient day ever? Maybe one day I was wanting to to do something with, with Joshua and um, we'd gotten, we'd gone out to get on the bus and again in those early days the in China, the the buses were pretty rough in China. Yeah, I mean, you get on the bus and that bus would just shake and <laughs> rattle and and because this was long before they in the city we were in they put in the subway, which which is nice now. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the that bus would just get so full and and even just standing to get on the bus. Um, no one would wait in the line. It'd just be like everyone would run for it and crowd and, and, and to get on and they would push you and shove you out of the way. And, and of course, we'd be like the last ones just to <laughs> squeeze on the bus and the bus driver would almost be literally pushing us on. Yeah. <laughs> like, in like in a sardine can. <laughs> and um, when we were on the, on the <clears throat> bus, then all those people who had pushed past us you know, we'd be sitting down and then they'd be looking up at us smiling and someone would be trying to say, ah, how are you? You know, nice to meet you. Where are you from? And I just didn't want to talk to anybody. Right. <laughs> I, got, I got so angry and in the flesh in the sense like, oh, I'm so angry at these people for pushing us out of the way. And we're going to be on this bus for like one hour <laughs> before we get off. And we would have almost been trampled mm-hmm. so they could get the seats. Um, and it's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I, I don't want to see anybody. And, uh, yeah, sometimes in, in those days, there was just, like, nowhere almost to go to. Yeah. If Like, the parks, you'd have to take this bus. You'd have to take that bus. Uh, and, and take two or three hours, maybe, because the traffic was bad. Right. And there was this one kind of small mountain or... Big hill. Yeah. So we went to it. It kind of looked kind of nice and we kind of explored it and it didn't turn out to be so (laughs) nice. It was dirty and I mean dirty. (laughs) And I was like, oh God, we want some place to go and and, and just to kind of get off and have some family time, have some quiet time. And why does it have to be so hard? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, Mark um, if you had to share with our listeners three practical steps to doing ministry well uh, what would those three steps be right now number one would be to welcome uh, the presence of God mm. not only um, into um, not only into you into your, your life because you know we do that when we become Christians and, and every day is continuing continuing on as a Christian but in the place that we are in the ministry that we are we need to welcome the presence of God Emmanuel mm-hmm. 
because if we don't welcome him, um, we, 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 we do carry him, but he wants to feel welcomed. He wants you to give everything for him. Number two, um, number two would be to yeah, make sure you have your, your quiet time. If, if you're not um, spending time with God, if you're not soaking in His presence, you really have nothing to give. Mm. I mean, you're, you're giving out of um, sometimes your emptiness, which, which you know, many have, right. many have. Um, but then you might end up just doing it in the flesh, you mm. know doing it out of the south and 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 it turned out to be a selfish thing and you then you're quick to okay I want my glory from that when everything is supposed to be for mm. for for God's glory number 3 let's see number 3 would be to make sure you you love the people mm. you got to look past you got to look past the the surface stuff and and look deep into people's lives sometimes just a smile at somebody who can't speak the same language to you goes far deeper um, in China and, and yes in Thailand um, yeah people really need love and they're looking for love and the right kind of love um, and God wants to love through us to, to those who may seem unlovable or hard to love or to those that seem very needy because it, it, it's easy to, to, to try to get away from somebody that's so needy because you don't want like oh, you don't want them to, <laughs> to, to just um take everything you know right. kind of from you and your time and um, but you, you gotta love you gotta love the people mm. and you can't love the people in, on your own and, and in your own strength you gotta love the people with, with God's love mm. yeah. him loving them through you yeah those are good um, yeah number one he said welcome presence of God two make sure you're having your quiet time and three loving people and looking past the surface, uh, surface. Let's uh, unpack a little bit. One and two. What is uh, welcoming the presence of God, and and what does your personal quiet time look like for you? Welcoming the presence of God has to be um, has to be God When, when you come in that place, in that time, and say, welcome, come, come. God, I know you're here already. I know you're, you're everywhere, but I want you to be here. And I want you to know you're, you're invited. <laughs> like many times at a table, people will set an extra place for, for, for Jesus. 
and it's a lot like that. Um, we want to give everything over to God, His agenda, how how He wants to do things, even if we don't know how how He wants to do things in in that instance. Mm-hmm. My personal quiet time with the Lord. Uh, lately, I've been going back to how how I used to do it years ago. Uh, listening to to worship musics, which is some contemporary music, and, and I just I put that on uh, with with the earphones, and sometimes I just I gotta lie down on the floor and close my eyes, and 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 just just to be in that that place of of worship. Otherwise, you know, it, it's so easy to be distracted, you know, to, to listen to worship music and, and be on Facebook right. <laughs> or, or searching the news or, or, or something like that. You got to shut everything else out. And I think that's when God really feels the most welcome. When, when he knows that you're willing to give up your time uh, for him. Yeah. And... And you, you're willing to shut everything else out. Often I have to do this when my three younger uh, boys go to bed. Because yeah. <laughs> they need all my, my time and I, I need to give them all my time. And uh, yeah, I make it that hour uh, between 8 and 9 at night, Lord willing. <laughs> and yeah, I just, okay God, there's so much I need to do. There's, but got to give you the time otherwise uh, I have I have nothing to draw on <laughs> yeah yeah and then that last one loving people looking past the surface uh, loving needy people I mean there's no end of that in ministry right so I, I think that's that's really good loving people from God's perspective what does that look like uh, tangibly is there a specific story that you can think of of someone that was really draining on you but man I'm gonna I'm gonna love this person and, and what did that look like there, there's actually two that, that come to my mind one was a, a soldier in China who, who would call me and I wasn't much into cell phones back in 2004 um, but I got one mm-hmm. and um, the soldiers used to call me all the time one two three hours wow Sometimes a day. He didn't call every day, but when he called, it it was a long time and talking. And his English wasn't very good. And sometimes I thought, it is he is he um um is he real or or is he? I know he's a real person because I had met him, but I didn't know whether he was spying on me or something, mm-hmm. asking every question. Is he good? But he he was real. Um. And then at a certain point, he just disappeared. Hmm. After I felt, I felt like, oh God, so much time I invested in him, and then he was gone. Hmm. I don't, I don't know what happened. And there was another guy, um, who was very needy. And sometimes, yeah, as North Americans, we look at at, at Chinese people and we say, wow, yeah, they're they're very needy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this guy was was very very needy. And he had some a lot of hurtful times in his life, and 
Yeah, he had no brothers and sisters, which was very common in China too. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we we would invite him to our house a lot. Um, I would go off and meet him a lot. We would we would talk a lot on the phone. And one day, um, he said, "I have decided to follow Jesus." Wow! And that that just that changed everything. It changed because no longer was he a, a needy person, but it was somebody that we saw cried out to God sincerely mm. and, and and followed God. And he did, and he's still following That's awesome. God Amen. down in Australia. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Mark, has there been any uh, resources that have really been inspiring you lately? A book that you've read that just uh, gets, gets you going or any resource? Well, there was a book um, I found in a in a library in a, in a church in in Thailand mm-hmm. after after having moved from China and still we would go back into China, but it it was called Pastor Xi. Um, it was Pastor, but it was H S I. That's how they used to spell Xi. Now it's X I in in Chinese. Mm-hmm. Written by Mrs. Uh, Herbert, no, no, Mrs. Mrs. Howard Taylor, yeah, Mrs. Howard Taylor, um, the daughter-in-law of Hudson Taylor, about a about a Confucius scholar who became a Christian, and how he went from Confucianism, Buddhism, Taoism, um, and, and as an opium addict too, and came to Jesus. And this book just kind of changed everything for me. It became my favorite book. I read that book somewhere between 10 and 20 times. Oh, wow. Maybe 10 times complete, and maybe up to 20 times, I kind of jumped in there somewhere mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and kept going. And this really changed things for me. Now, Pastor, she, he never wanted to be, a pa- to be known as Pastor because he was a very humble man as God humbled him. Mm-hmm. Um, but somewhere he got saved somewhere about 1880 and he died in about 1896 so this book was was just an old book but it was incredible and and one thing um, he cast uh, demons out of out of different people and that was something he never wanted to do Mm -hmm. and that might seem crazy but they had a lot <laughs> there's a there's a lot of demons out there and um in in China in those days they the early Christians really thought that uh demon possession came from just the anger. They got so angry they just keep going and getting out of control. Mm-hmm. And uh sometimes when the when Pastor Xi would, would go into a house, he was invited into a house way off in another uh in another place where nobody knew him and the demon would just be speaking out and knew everything about him and wow. and that and uh, um, and when he could cast the the demon out that it, it was just so powerful it was something he he hated to do he he he, he didn't this wasn't something he loved to do but he saw the need for it and, and even his wife when before his wife became a Christian, she was so close, so close, and then she got taken um, 
by by uh, a, a demon and, and she would be swearing and cursing and, and almost crazy and it was bringing her down and bringing her down almost to the point where she was going to die and and one day he was he was praying and praying and praying for her and God said go in there lay hands on her and command that demon to come out of her and so he did went in there put his hands on her and said in the name of Jesus come out of her and she screamed the demon came out and right away demon was gone never came back she gave her life to Jesus she was baptized and she was never the same and the wife of a Confucius scholar um, was uh, you you know you stay hidden you stay hidden you don't go out you got your jewelry you got your nice stuff and as time went on she sold her jewelry so that ministry just could keep going on and people could in, in cities far away could know about Jesus they would they would she would sell her stuff and be able, and, and send off a missionary to a certain city and there came a time where, where Jesus said to her go go and there was times when she would be off traveling hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles by herself to a certain city and her husband also in another direction and once in a while way out there in in no man's land they would meet and they would have a couple of hours together just to sit down and talk before they would go somewhere else right yeah wow that sounds like a pretty interesting book mm-hmm that's and that's by uh mrs howard, howard taylor, taylor. Okay. yeah i think her name was gertrude okay yeah awesome well mark thanks so much for being an interview today um would you just close us out by praying for our listeners my pleasure my pleasure. Yes, Lord, we we want to welcome you. We want you to be so welcome in our lives, in our in our homes, in our families, in our ministry or in our workplace and and wherever we are. And God, we want you to use us even when it's difficult and and even when we have to walk unfamiliar roads or in, in, in difficult places where there's no comforts or conveniences that, that we're used to. But we pray, God, that, that you would just bring the loss to yourself that you would use us to reach the lost. God, we thank you that that you are greater and so great. And, and God, you are sovereign in that you can do anything and you can do everything and you don't even need us, but that you, you want to use us and you want to turn bad situations around for the good. You, you God want. Um, you go. You want to take those those times when, when yeah we, we we just wanted to give up. And just wanted to pack our bag and, and just get out of there. But God, you. 
you want to turn things around and you, you want to bring us to a place where, where nothing else matters but, but only you and, and doing your will. And God, I pray that you would speak to us in dreams, that you would, you would speak to us even in, in, in visions. Speak to us through your word and, and through other people. God, and may we never give up. May we continue in Jesus and, and in the very message that the cross brings to us. And pray that you would have all the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. Mark, thanks so much for being on the show. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources mentioned on this episode. To find out more about Doing Ministry Well, check out our website, www.doingministrywell.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or a suggestion on who we should interview next, email us at doingministrywell at gmail.com. To find out more about me, your hosts, visit my blog at www.jimjessbaker.com. That's www.jimjessasinjessicabaker.com. All links are Amazon affiliate links and help us out when you make a purchase through them.